every week when we check in, you Canucks fans are doing your metamorphosis to becoming Leaf fans. I just don't want to be around for when you guys go out in the first round. You know, you can always just mute our group chat. Welcome to episode 107 of Off the Rush, the Kenora Thistles edition of Off the Rush. Thanks for getting us wherever you got us from, whether it was Spotify or Apple. The Kenora Thistles, the 1907 Stanley Cup champions. They defeated the Montreal Wanderers in a two-game aggregate series. They won the first game 4-2 to two, and the second game 8-6. to six. Kenora, the last small-town Stanley Cup champion, if you will, uh team mostly made up of local boys they had a couple of uh ringers that they had brought in because the league that they played in had just gone pro but uh what an absolute blast of a stanley cup final especially for one of their particular players uh who scored the four goals in the first game and his name was Tommy Phillips. Tommy Phillips with a four-goal game in the first game. And then he came back and he scored a couple more in an 8-6 win the next night for a 12-8 series win in the Stanley Cup. Uh, one thing about the Thistles that they kind of uh, made their mark, if you will, and you'll we'll see it every time you go visit the Stanley Cup at the Hockey Hall of Fame, rather than engraving their name on the side of the cup like everybody else, they put it right in the bowl. And it's still there. Right in Legendary. the bowl. It'll never, it'll never be removed. You know how like every year, every whatever it is, six, seven years, a ring comes off, that top bowl is always there. Yeah, Kenora's all-time, and everyone's the drinking rat from portage. it. Rat Portage Thistles, right, originally? Yes, that was their original name. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. the Rat they, Portage up, Thistles. So when I lived up in northwestern Ontario, like the Kenora Thistles and Rat Portage, like everybody talks about them and just how good they were back in the day. Now, Dave, you have a personal connection to Kenora. Well, okay, sort of, because I hear about Kenora and I hear about the Stanley Cup win all the time, because as I've alluded to, I work at a Greek restaurant and the owner, his family immigrated to Canada in the 60s or whatever to Kenora of all places, because Kenora, if you don't know where it is, Dave's not wrong, it being a small town, it is between Winnipeg and Thunder Bay. It is so far out of the way. Uh, just north of Lake of the Woods, which is a really cool name for a lake. Anyway, that's their, um, that's their brewery name. Oh, that's all. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, anyway, so so I work at this Greek restaurant in Victoria. It's called Ithaca. Definitely recommend. I have to throw that out there because <laughs> Dimitri wanted to come on the podcast for this episode, and I did. It snuck up on me, so I never talked to you guys about it. Anyway, can we get him Dimit- next week? If you guys wanted to, uh, why we not? Could probably, we could. Why not? I mean, honestly, he'd lo- he'd love it, and he would talk our ears off about Kenora and this. He has a jersey in the restaurant. He pulls out anytime he wants to, like anytime he wants to pull an Allen and trash us Canuck fans. He'll just pull out his Kenora jersey and be like Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, that you guys don't have. Well, we kind of do. The millionaires are coming up. Yeah, so, that, I mean, I see, know. I would. Yeah, I'd point that out. That Vancouver's no. won a, ho- a Stanley Cup no. more recently no. than the Kenora. No, 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 no. 
You are sounding. I called you Leaf fans at the start of this broadcast. Now you are starting to sound like Senators fans hanging Stanley Cup banners for a franchise that isn't even yours. You just tried to like get on our case for the fact that Kenora had a Stanley Cup and Vancouver didn't. And we just pointed that out, Alan. So just stop it. Yeah. All right. Okay. The Leafs don't get to stand on any of their cups because it was a 16 league. And I think there's a big asterisk on that. We've already fished that pond out. Uh, speaking of potential special guests, former guest of the show from season one, uh, internet federal hockey league blog goalie, Travis Ridgen, uh, might be, uh, making his trash pandas debut in the very near future. Anthony Munoz, our beloved goaltender is fighting. He's trying to play through a torn meniscus that could get worse at any time. Trav is living in Vancouver now, and I've put him on notice. Uh, he has signed a contract for the team in Europe uh for the fall but he wants to stay sharp and he might be playing some trash pandas hockey this year he's fallen that far <laughs> all, off the map all i'm gonna tell you is good thing that your wife's a lawyer and you probably got her on a cheap retainer because you might need it if he comes out he might go all tony oh man I, nobody can tony like tony 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 last game and it was uh it was something uh hey, one boys, of the one boys. of the worst one of the worst flops i've ever seen a guy barely skated through his crease and Tony's blocker ended up behind the net and his trapper ended up near the blue line. And he was laying there like he was shot. And it was like a new ref who didn't know him. So his arm shot up right away. And uh, and then Tony popped right back up and made like 10 saves in a row. And we won the hockey game. And uh, yeah, so he took advantage oh, I thought, of it. I thought you were going to say Tony being Tony. I thought he was up to some uh, other shenanigans of getting in guys' faces and roughing. No, he's been, he's been way better. He's been way better this year. Uh, well, that's good. Good for him. But, Credit where credit's due. I think that second that second child finally took some of the lead out of his pencil. Uh, <laughs> speaking of guys who have plenty of lead in their pencil, big weekend in Pittsburgh, guys. Yermer Yager, Jersey retirement. Um, he's played for so many teams and for so long, it feels like he played for Pittsburgh like 100 years ago. Uh, he took the uh, pregame skate, and then he took the warm-up and looked pretty good. Uh, Alan, would it have been ridiculous to sign him to a one-day contract and have him play one more game? I'll tell you this, he probably skates faster than Patrick Maroon, who's still in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> so and maybe it wouldn't it wouldn't have been on her. He probably would have chipped in more points than Patrick Maroon does these days. And maybe even faster than uh prospective Vancouver Canuck Phil Kessel. And we'll get back to that in a little bit. Um I'll tell you this, he would have added more to the Pittsburgh lineup than Ryan Reeves adds to the Toronto lineup. I'm not gonna disagree. I think Ryan Reeves might be the worst player in the NHL. Like in terms of who brings the least to their team and is on an NHL contract, I'm going to say Ryan Reeves. Uh, Dave, being a kid of the 90s, uh, I want to go around the horn. I'll start with you. Favorite Yarmer Yager moment off the top of your head? In Man, Pittsburgh. Like, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, of course, of course. So I think I've mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. My first conscious memory of hockey is. Ooh. Pittsburgh winning cups. Um, yes. We had a buddy in the neighborhood and his family introduced me to hockey and uh, it was, it wasn't in my household and man, like, I mean, I, I saw actually I was teaching today and a kid had a Pittsburgh penguins, like lunchbox or something. And it's funny because I'll see like a kid with like a flames uh, logo on or like an Edmonton logo or a Maple Leafs logo or whatever. And I always have this like internal cringe I don't, but not with Pittsburgh. I saw that Pittsburgh one today, and like Pittsburgh's my second favorite team for sure. And I think it has to do with history, and I think it has to do with like you know my personal history. So I mean, I I was a big Yager fan, but he kind of 
he kind of did like the beret thing, you know, where he kind of wanted out. And so, it, well, the team was bank. He, the team was bankrupt. They had, they had yeah. no money. And then his buddy Mario retired. So I kind of get that. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and everything in hindsight, like, and as an adult, you can look at these things and, you know, obviously understand that there's like personal things that are going on that you don't just see as a fan. But uh, but Yager was awesome. What a talent. Uh, one kind of fun fact is that he was the captain on the ice as the opposition when Wayne Gretzky retired. And Wayne Gretzky went up and shook his hand and everything as he was kind of holding back tears and whatnot, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, that uh, was that a- was your. That was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah. It kind of felt like a passing of the torch a little bit. Like, yeah, they, like, hey, you're the best. You're the best in the world now. It's all yours, yeah. kid. Yeah, you, it's kind of funny how uh, situations like that arise. Uh, it's not, I'm sure the NHL didn't plan that when they were doing scheduling. You know what I mean? No. Well, nobody nobody knew until I think about three weeks before that he was retiring. He He announced it kind of when he was playing a game in Ottawa. He's like, this is my last game in Canada. And that's what tipped everybody off. But uh, for me, favorite Mary Lemieux moment. It's kind of funny. My the, the first Stanley Cup final I remember consciously watching was that 1991 final against the Minnesota North Stars. That was right when I got into hockey. I used to lay my pro set 1990 pro set cards like on the on the on the 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 dining room table, and while we're watching the game, I would trace the players' movements on the TV with the hockey cards. Uh, I still do that. Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> my favorite moment uh, is probably is a live one. Uh, I was at a Pittsburgh Canucks game in like 1996. It was the first year they were in GM place. And it was a 1-1 game. Like Mario and Yager had floated all game. They hadn't done a thing. And then all of a sudden with like five minutes to go, two on one, Lemieux puts a low shot right off the stick of Corey Hirsch. Uh, and the rebound pops up in the air about waist high, and as smooth as silk, Yager just bats the puck out of midair into the top corner of the net and knocks the water bottle off the net, and the Penguins win the game 2-1. And I just remembered, holy shit, like that was smooth and about the highest skilled hockey play I'd ever seen in person, and still might be. Um, And I was also at Yermer Yager's last game in Vancouver. I was at the game... Uh, with my buddy Tommy when the Calgary Flames came to town and Yager was still on the team and Calgary beat us 7-1. Yager got two assists and Brock Besser, we had thought at the time, had broken his leg. Uh, Alan, your favorite Yager Pittsburgh moment? I don't know if I have a specific moment, but like what always stands out when you say Yager to me is the salute, the goal salute that he perfected. And I grew up next door to a Hungarian family who moved over to Canada. The dad had played professional um, soccer in Hungary, he played for their national team and whatever. And so we hung out with some of the other like professional athletes and and had gotten to know, know Yager a little bit over in uh, Hungary because like Czech Republic, they were all under like the same umbrella back in the day. And um, and he got to know him a little bit. And they were the biggest Yager fans when they came over they had yager jerseys all over their basement had to watch any pittsburgh game that was on and just absolutely loved them and they all did the salute and i can remember the son that i played hockey with <laughs> he scored a goal in like one of his first games over here and he did the salute and we all just kind of like looked at each other and like what's this guy doing i uh i just wanted one of those jofa helmets because he aired yager i'm really glad my dad didn't buy me one oh though. so there was a guy there was a guy uh 
down the road in Westport and played junior B there. Um, and he was a huge Yager fan. He grew out, he had this long blonde mullet <laughs> and he went and he found a Jolfa helmet the and he bowl? got like the same gloves. Well, we had, they had visors, but, um, he, it was the same helmet Yager wore. He wore 68 like Yager found the same gloves in the team colors that Yager wore used the exact same stick wore the Jersey like Yager did. It was amazing. This went full method. I love that. Um, Rick Tockett, the coach of the Canucks, had a really cool Yager story uh, during the uh, retirement weekend. They asked Rick what his favorite moment of playing with Yager in Pittsburgh was. And Tockett said they were partying on the plane ride home from Minnesota after they had won the Stanley Cup (laughs) in Minnesota. And there's like, they had somehow like they'd snuck girls on the plane. Everybody was having a good time. All the wives were there. Everybody's drinking champagne. And Yager, even as a rookie, was the life of the party. And everybody's like, where's Yogs? Where is he? And one of the flight attendants goes, he's flying the plane. And Rick Tockett's like, no, nah, he's not. And he goes into the cockpit expecting to find Yager in, like, the co-pilot seat or not really doing anything. And the pilots are, like, sitting in the back in the jump seat. And Yager is actually turning and flying the airplane. Uh, and uh, Tockett said to himself. What a weapon. Yeah, he said, if this is how we're going out winning the Stanley Cup and our star rookie crashes the plane, what a story. We'll be immortalized forever. Uh, I just thought that was like one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Uh, There was also the legend of his 21st birthday in Pittsburgh that they had 900 people at his party and 875 were women. It was the entire Pittsburgh Penguins team and about like yeah, 875 beautiful uh, women in Pittsburgh. What about the time where the model tried to extort him? Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, when the 18-year-old yeah. model took the yeah. Instagram and, picture of him. And yeah. it got even better because she had a boyfriend who was playing junior in the Czech Republic or something, or Czechia, whatever they want to be called now. The, um, and, the extra liga. Uh, idol- and idolized Yager. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't break up with her. Like, you know, you got to give her a hall pass on that one. <laughs> but it was just but yeah, she wanted thought... to extort him for like sixty grand, and he was like, "Go ahead, like yeah. put it up. Oh, I don't care." What a boss move! Well, the the ultimate boss move of the retirement ceremony was he's he's got this like new supermodel girlfriend who came to the ceremony, and she's just like a rocket, twelve out of ten. And during the ceremony, he says, in an arena full of people and millions of people watching around the world, uh, "My girlfriend was too young to remember me playing in Pittsburgh." But I don't worry. I've told her all the stories. <laughs> and I'm like, that is the most alpha male move I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, so I guess, is he done playing in the Czech Republic then? He's played some games this year, but is he finished? Okay, so he's, so. he well, he, he dresses occasionally when at home games and and is basically just making it so that they cannot induct him into the hockey hall of fame because he needs to be unprofessional for at least three years before they induct him and so he's like whatever however old he is now how old is yager he's got to be like 50 52 52 but he's played he's it's father time is finally catching up so he's played 15 games this year he's uh no goals four assists uh minus four so last year he was a bit better he was 14 points in 26 games last year but i think uh father time has caught up to yags so maybe he will pack it in for good after this year yeah um, some like, of you hear i mean obviously we probably heard some of those like current pittsburgh players like latang's conversation with him on the ice being yeah. like i wore 68 my whole life and then when i 
got drafted to this team, I had to go with something different, of course. So we went with 58. Or like Crosby, do like wearing the wig and the jersey and the warm up and like doing his like routine on the McDonald's symbol, you know, yeah. like on the ice. Oh, it's so cool. No, I I loved watching the footage of the warm up. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, full salute to Airby Arger when he does pack it in. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, Alan, you had a lot of opinions about the Vancouver Canucks and their fans. Uh. <laughs> They gave up 10 goals to Minnesota last night. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, should they be worried? No, they should not be worried. Your team goes through highs and they go through lows. Just last week, I can't remember off the top of my head who it was, but it was one of the teams who was supposed to be, they're supposed to be a Stanley Cup contender, and they got thumped by somebody who had no business being in the game. Like, they happen from time to time, and with the nature of, like, an NHL schedule and back-to-backs and flying all over the globe to get these games and like you're going to have off games through the course of 82 games it's how you respond and I mean they've got tonight we're recording this on a Tuesday is it a Tuesday the Monday holiday screws me all up yeah it's um, a Tuesday uh, it's a Tuesday they're in action tonight I don't know how they're doing but um they're going up against the Colorado Avalanche so I like my guess is they're going to make a pretty good showing of this one it's uh, a team that everybody's got pegged as one of the other stanley cup favorites my guess is they show up for this they might even pull this out who knows um so i wouldn't be worried about it if it's like a pattern or a string of bad performances then you start to worry but like a one-off like that it happens and and, and i know and you had to smith in that right yeah yeah but he's been pretty good and he I, couldn't I, even he couldn't even crack it in Montreal, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I watched the game last night, and I know the, I know he gave up eight goals, um, but honestly, I couldn't fault him for a single one. Like they were, especially all the four five on three goals. Like you can't ever blame a goalie for a five on three goal. Go ahead, Dave. I was just gonna say that, like Alan's being nice because I'm sure he's looked at the scoreboard. I can tell you, Alan, is that the Canucks in the first period. Uh, they, you know, Colorado came out pretty fast, but by the end of the, by the, I don't know, whatever, midway through the first period, everything had settled down. Miller scored another goal. Uh, they were in the lead, but we've paused it. We, I've, no, I've paused it. Dave's paused it. I've, um, I've I literally, the- I don't, I don't have any idea. Cause guess what? Gary Bettman still has his ridiculous blackout. So I can't watch the game here. Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Only- well, there's, there's websites where you can look at scores, but you know, I'm yeah, just- but Hey, <laughs> How many times have we talked about my internet on here? If I'm doing this, I can't be streaming that game. That's true. That's oh, that's true. so funny. Uh, I, uh, but yeah, anyway, I no, I mean, like, yeah. I haven't watched the second we'll, we'll see. We'll see how they do. But, but Dave, like, to go with the DeSmith thing, like, I don't know, man. Every, anytime you let in eight goals, you got to get some stops. I mean, I mean, you know, and they didn't get any stops from him last night. Now, he's played I, great this year for Vancouver, but... But last night was a uh, was, was ugly. There were back doors. There was one that he had covered that the refs didn't blow the whistle on for reasons that I don't understand. Um, they he got no help. He got no help. So he's been great all year. I'm I'm not worried about their back. The the Canucks have have a couple of holes they need to fill for sure. I still think, but the backup goalie is not a concern. Uh, I for think sure, for if, sure. If Demko went down with an injury, even in the playoffs, like in the first round, I think the Smith is good enough to get them through um no one thing that came through this week that i was relieved and the nhl it shows how interested fans are 
because when Connor Bedard got hurt, like I felt like it did take a bit of wind out of the season sails. He has come back and no ramp up time for Connor. He's four goals in his first three games back, six points. Uh, and he's wearing the fishbowl, the world junior helmet. And for me, I don't know, that just looks right. Alan, is it crazy to think that Connor Bedard should just keep the fishbowl? He's kind of made it his look. Like maybe he should keep it. Absolutely not. This is the National League. This isn't the WHL. This isn't the BCHL. This isn't AJHL. It's the National League. Well, Get maybe, it off. Maybe you should tell the other the other players and the other teams to stop him then because he's rocking that. Hey, thing. listen, somebody on New Jersey did, and look what happened last time. Well, now he's got the bubble on again. So he's at 42 games, 17 goals, 22 assists, 39 points. He's almost a point a game. He when missed- he got hurt. When he got hurt, I said he's going to miss all this time and still win the Calder. And he is. The, nobody, he's still the leading scorer, leading rookie scorer in the NHL. Nobody's but, even close to him. No. Uh, yeah, Dave, like, what's the ceiling on Connor Bedard? Like, how good do you think he's going to be based on what you've seen? Oh, I mean, the kid's going to be dynamite. Like, <laughs> he's coming into the league like a buck 65 or something like that. And just, and just so skilled and destroying it. Like, He's, you know, once he grows into his own, and even before he does, like, he's going to, like, I think these players, like, Connor McDavid is probably the best version of himself right now. Like, you know, and he's 27 or however old he is. Like, Connor Bedard's a young kid, and he's just going to be so, so good. I mean, what, what can you possibly say? He he missed two months, and he's still the leading scorer of the Chicago Blackhawks by seven points. <laughs> Tells you how in trouble they are. Well, they're going to yeah. get Celebrini, too. This is going to be like the next wave. Well, of... Maybe not. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But if they do get him, they're back. Like, it's going to be the uh, it's going to be the second coming of Taves and Kane. But one thing I'm excited about is they announced it during the All-Star break that we're getting a Four Nations Cup tournament between Sweden, Finland, the United States, and Canada. And that tournament... You know, in the grand scheme of things, it's super short. People are like, oh, it's not going to mean anything. But one thing that we're going to see for sure, because the Olympics, like, it might be too late. We're going to get, if everybody's healthy, finally, we're going to get Crosby, McDavid, and now adding Bedard to that mix, which I think is just super cool. And you add Nathan McKinnon to that as well. I see you there, Dave. And Kale McCarr. Like, we're getting that really nice cross-section of, like, the early 2000s to mid-2000s stars the current guys and the up and comers. I think it's going to be an exciting hockey. Do you guys think that this is going to be a good thing for the game? Like it could not be right. I'm jazzed for it. I'm really jazzed for it. Uh, like it's going to be, it's going to be something that the players are going to take seriously. Cause there's national pride on the line. Um, you're going to hear the pissing and moaning from the Russians and all that, how they're not included in this, but Hey, you know what? That's par for the course right now. Um, I think we're going to see some fantastic hockey and it's not going to be this garbage all-star stuff that we saw this year where guys are like half-assing it like Nikita Kucherov. Um, Players are actually going to show up for it. Yeah, I think it's a three-game round robin and then the top two teams play for it, right? I I think so if I read it correctly, but I mean, I'm just excited. It's in Montreal for the first time um, and I'm going to try to go to some games, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, and I I'm might like, catch I'm a flight forward to it every I might year, catch a every flight. year. I'm the all-star game to me is kind of like, I can skip over it. Maybe I'll see the skills competition highlights and whatever, but this actually is something that I'm going to take time out of my weekend to go and watch. 
I'm trying to think, you guys. Is it is it 2016 was the last time there was the World Cup when uh, Marshawn scored the game winner? Is that yeah. is is that when they did like the North American team? Yeah, and the Europe team, and the and Europe, Europe team made the the Europe team made the finals, and it took all the wind out of the tournament sails. And they just had the weird logos for Team North America and Team Europe. The North America thing was gimmicky, but it was cool because it was like Matthews, McDavid, and and McKinnon, and it was the young guys, and they were really exciting to watch. But like, I didn't get that. Like, why not just like you could have put Germany in there, and they would have been competitive. You could put a Slovakia in there, and they would have been competitive. I didn't, I didn't get that at all. Um, but but, but I, my but but my point is that that was twenty sixteen. Yeah, it was eight. It's been eight years since we've had world best on best hockey. It's way too long. Yeah, so like if anybody's like not jazzed for like next year's quote all star tournament game, whatever, it's like it's well, gonna be awesome. And it's gonna wet our whistles for the Olympics too, which is gonna be in, in Italy, which is gonna be great. Here's my question though. Do you guys really care who wins this one? No, not really. Not, not really. really. Yeah. It's, but like I, when the when the World Cup happened the, the last time, I think we like pretty we much cared. cared. Yeah. It wasn't cared. the same as like the Olympics, but like we were like, yeah. Let's go. This time it's like the Olympics is what matters. Oh yeah, this is going to be know? this is all oh, the four teams. It's such an advantage for these four teams that are in this tournament because they're going to get a chance to play with live ammunition and see who who works as units. You can you can line test. If I was running you know these what's teams, gonna, Go ahead, you, Alan. You know what's going to be the most interesting thing about this? is you're going to have guys that are rivals coming together to play for their nation in this tournament. And then they're going to have to go back to their NHL teams afterwards. After like right the, away. Yeah. After the, after the tournament. And there's still going to be some of that animosity, especially if these games get nasty. Like, can you imagine Canada us playing for the championship in this? And it turns like vicious. And then a week later, like you've got guys squaring off together in a playoff race, trying to get back on track. Well, look at look at Vancouver. Like JT Miller is a is a cranky, nasty piece of business. And Edie, uh Elias Pettersson, you would be hard pressed to find a guy more competitive than him. And I could see a scenario where the States is playing Sweden and they go at each other. And then yeah, then they're like a week later, like Alan, like you're saying, they're back in the foxhole, right? Together. And I think that's awesome. I think it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait for this. And like I was saying, it's a great chance for like these countries to see who works together well and who doesn't. I think it would behoove the general managers of these teams to make sure that the coach that you have in place for this tournament is the coach you're going with for the Olympics. Well, and so that's the other wrinkle, right? Is like these coaches are coming in and say, for you Canucks fans, say Rick Talkett is Canada's coach and like, for sake of like an argument, he's got to bench one of these guys on team Canada. And then the next week he's back in Vancouver and he's one of the guys that he's got to rely on to go out there in a big moment. Well, lucky for him. Uh, we don't have any good Canadian players on the Canucks, which is why you guys are going to be out in the first round. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. All right, Don Cherry. Um, <laughs> hey, the proof's in the pudding. We got nine Americans. The, the Vancouver Canucks have more American players. Ten than any other. you bring in Phil Kessel. Yeah. Uh, hey, we still yeah, it's quiet on the Kessel front. Kessel watch is dead. Like, and so were his legs after the couple of skates in Abbotsford last week. Did you guys see the footage, Dave? Did you see any of that? I actually didn't. What it did was it look not like? pretty. It probably looked like you guys on a trash pandas night where you get seven skaters. Yeah, well, I run a I run a tight ship. That never happens. But 
he uh he looked like a pug trying to go up a go up a set of stairs. It was rough. It was like <laughs> he was wheezing. He was like, yeah, it was ugly. I don't know. I feel like Phil, if he's gonna play in the NHL this year, he needs a couple weeks in the American League on conditioning. I was also like, I know it doesn't take these guys that long to get their legs back, but if you were planning on playing this year, Phil, you could have skated like once a week. Like it was Did he go to Switzerland? No, he never did. He never did because well, that was like the big story. Like this guy's going to Switzerland, like he's going to keep his legs and yada, yada. But then apparently in right before he left for Switzerland, his agent said like three or four teams in the NHL called. And all of a sudden it got like, you know, it got hot, which I, I always knew it would. Like if the Canucks don't sign him, I guarantee you somebody else will before the deadline because it's free money, right? Like it doesn't cost you anything. So I, I struggle with this because it's like I just looked back at the Matt Sundin experiment when Matt Sundin didn't skate and then he came in like midway through the season for the Canucks and was not himself. And he like I just there's a big difference. Know. There's a big difference. Yeah, it's here. called three Stanley Cups. Well, there's that. Yeah. Proven winner. Three cup fill. But also uh, Matt Sundin was expected to be Matt Sundin. Phil Kessel's not being expected to be prime Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel's coming in to probably be a healthy scratch most nights. And if the power play slumps like it has, you can bring him in for that. Or if a top six forward gets hurt, you can not disrupt the rest of your lineup. You can slot him in. Uh, I honestly think it's a, it's a vibes move more than anything else. But Matt Sundin, the Canucks paid, he was getting paid $5 million a year. Like they brought him in 10, 10 well, million prorated. It was, he got five. He played half a season. They gave him $5 million on a $10 million a year prorated salary. Like he was supposed to be Matt Sundin. Phil Kessel's, this is Phil Kessel light. Like this is like diet Phil, which he never would. <laughs> but I don't know. Diet, I'm, I, diet Phil. <laughs> I, I'm rooting for him. I love Phil Kessel. I always will love Phil Kessel. Uh, he's, he's one of the true originals and characters of the game. So if it doesn't work out in Vancouver, I hope it works out for him somewhere else. But yeah, God bless Phil Kessel. How could you not love him? He's the know. man. He's the man. He's the man, and he's a like he'd be a great beer league addition. Now, if he doesn't work out in Abbotsford, I'll find him a spot on the Trash Pandas too. Him and Travis Ridgen. Uh they're going to move us up a division next year. I'm sure of it. Um, <laughs> or down if Ridgen comes in. <laughs> or yeah, if Ridgen. Yeah, I actually I like, and this is the thing. I don't like Travis listens to the show, so this is a bit risky, but like. Tony is the best goalie in our league, like in our division, at least for sure. Like antics aside, Anthony is a very strong goalie. It might be a downgrade. Like, I don't know who's now that spicy. Who would be better in the fed in the, in the, in the FHL? Would it be Anthony Munoz or Travis Ridgen? I really don't I... think that you should have this conversation because <laughs> you might, Travis might You might say, end up with no goalie. You might end up with no goalie here. Dude, that, that guy is, the one thing I like about Trav is that he's very self-deprecating and there's no ego on him in that regard. And I'm also just trying to get him going a little bit if he hears this. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and hopefully it doesn't, we don't need him because hopefully Tony's like shoestring ligament in his knee holds up. Uh, it's like, it's like a damaged, like string of Christmas lights. He said it could go at any time. Um, we had two hey, guys listen, go down. Listen, with... Travis survived an English river for a season. I think maybe just a couple games. I can't remember. I think it was a couple games. It was like two, <laughs> but games. If, 
if you if you live to tell about your time in English River, you must be made up of some type of bulletproof material there because that is a tough town in the notch to survive. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Uh, speaking of tough towns, uh, uh, you know, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the uh, the town that brews uh, the Miller Lite, which I'm getting old, guys. Like, I know this beer was a bit of a joke when we were younger, but now that I'm a dad and I'm trying to keep the, the pounds off, this is, like, probably the most flavorful light beer that they sell domestically. I love them. I got a garage, a garage fridge over here now full of them. Full of them. I love them. I can drink them all day, all night. Never gain any weight. Miller Highlight. I love it. That's my beer of the week. What have you got going on, Dave? Well, I had some people over uh, on the weekend, and uh, we had some drinks. But then we've all kind of started doing the non-alcoholic beers to end the night, uh, which is kind of a smart move. Um, anyway, so my, bu- my one buddy left the, uh, the Phillips Iota, uh, which is a pale ale. 0.5% and uh it is a non-alcoholic craft beer and it is actually super good because most craft most uh non-alcoholic beers are just like lagers, right? Mm-hmm. Corona or Asahi, Budweiser. So, I mean, it's more expensive this stuff, uh but it's it's really good. I've never had one before. I keep looking at it on the shelf and I just don't pay for it. So, it, it's nice to finally try it. I ought to try it. I'll show myself out. Uh, Alan, what have you got going on tonight, bud? So I picked this one up at the old alphabet store here in Ontario that we like to call the LCBO. LCBO. I miss the LCBO. It is far superior to the uh, BCLC. I will say that. Well, hey, our beer's cheaper, so uh, I'll give you that. But um, Hop Valley Brewing has put out what's called, it's called Bubble Stash IPA. And it's made with cryo hops and it's super bubbly. It's like maybe microcarbonated or something, if that's a thing. Um, and it's kind of weird and fruity, but delicious in like your traditional IPA style, but new age spin on it. It's weird. It's not like when I say fruity, like you get those West Coast juicy IPAs, but it's not quite like that. Mm. It's different. And it's it's kind of like at first you're kind of like, ah, I don't like this. But you're like, hmm. I need more. <laughs> you describe that beer like how your family described me when they met me. He's a little fruity well, and he's a little weird. West Coast first, juicy. West Coast juicy. And at first <laughs> well, you don't like be, him. And then he grows to be on fair, you. like most of the family didn't even meet you until like 10 years down the road. That's at true. a wedding in Oshawa when we were all hammered. So that's true. I had met most of most of the family before that. Oh, but yeah, I guess some of them went over to Poland, right? That's right. Or, yeah, we were all together yeah. in Poland of all places, which yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I'd like to get to before Putin invades it. Uh, we should get back there, Alan. I'll I'll take you around Gdansk, Poland. We really yeah. should plan a trip to Poland. Me, you, and Frank. That would be fun. Well, uh, so uh, there's this tournament in Barry's Bay. We got time, right? Yeah, yeah. We got we got two minutes. So there's this tournament every year up in the homeland called in Barry's Bay, Ontario. I don't know if you've been there or not when you came out this way. But, I have uh, not. I did not get to Barry's Bay. So that's where the whole Mansky Polish family settlement stuff is. And anyways, every year they have a tournament up there and it's called the Opiango Cup. So there's a Polish team, a German team, an Ireland team, an Algonquin uh, team. And then they all play off for a title. And a couple of years ago, I got to play for the Polish team. And it's yeah, you guys actually had hockey. national team jerseys too, which was super cool. Yeah, like I got to play for Team Poland and it's high level hockey. Like guys that have played major junior, there's some pros in it um, and it's great. And the 
fans are in it. The arena's packed and like you get some real rivalries on the ice. And it was, it was cool to be part of, but we were down a forward. My brother had his equipment. So they're like, can he play? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we're squaring off against team Ireland. Frank comes across the middle. I'm a centerman. Frank's on the wing. He comes across the middle, throws his knee out on this Irishman. No! Coming across the middle, spills him out, and then we had, like, a line brawl. <laughs> and I had to come in because Frank, like, probably shouldn't have been playing because of his concussions and what. Yeah, Frank's oh, had a lot God. of concoozies, man. He's like he's like the Brett Lindros to your Eric Lindros. Yeah, so that tournament's coming up again March 24th. I think we're going to take Jimmy over to it. Oh man, I got. I'll say this with one minute left. If you if you're a West Coaster and you haven't made it to Ontario, go during hockey season. We got nothing on them. They throw the best shaker barn burner tournaments you've seen, and there's great hockey every every exit, every highway exit. There's something to watch. Thanks for getting us where we got us from. This has been episode 107, and it's a nice tie-in because the small town Kenora Thistles were the team of the week, 1907 Rat Portage. Champions. The Rat Portage Thistles. See you next time. Thank you.